Welcome back to Self-Care Sound Mind, the podcast and live series. I'm Tierra Moore, and we're back with episode six. Today, my special guest is Mrs. Armina Domingue, and she is coming from Candor Consulting Firm. Today, we will be talking about coping through tough transitions. Let's get into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Self-Care Sound Mind, the podcast and live series. I am so excited to have you with me today to join me for episode six. I am so excited because these last few episodes from one, and I'm sure today is going to be no less than amazing. All of these episodes have been the highlight of my Fridays. They have been wonderful conversations about mental health, about self-care, about overall wellness. I've been getting great feedback from you all, and I'm so excited about episode six. Today is going to be the end of season one of Self-Care Sound Mind, the podcast and live series. I am going to take a short break, and I am going to go full force into planning for season two because, honey, this has exceeded my expectations. And so I am so, so happy about, about I'm so happy um, about all of your support. I am super excited about the feedback. I'm so grateful that we're now on Apple Podcasts. If you can't watch us live today on Facebook or YouTube, you can catch us on anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, and Apple Podcasts. Pretty much anywhere podcasts are, you can now find Self-Care Sound Mind, the podcast and live series. This show, happens live every other Friday, usually at 6 p.m. Had a little bit of a scheduling conflict, so thanks for bearing with us with the, the time change. But every two weeks, my goal is to encourage, to inspire, and to uplift. We will always be discussing mental health tools and tips as well as self-care because, you, as you guys know, as the self-care advocate, you have to drop your cape because you cannot pour from an empty cup. So today, I am super excited about my special guest, owner of the Candor Consulting Firm. But before we get into it, I want to remind you that Embracing Oak Therapy has an ongoing fundraiser. Guys, we have offered four free mental health therapy sessions so far. Do you know how amazing that is? If not, let me share. It is absolutely amazing that we were able to offer affordable and free mental health care and not cut corners on quality because they still had the therapist had to get paid, but it wasn't a financial burden. And that was only possible because of your donations. Now, for clarity, we are not a free mental health service. However, we offer that to our clients who are in need of financial assistance. And one way that you can help us is by purchasing a lovely tender loving care, uh, tender loving self-care t-shirt. Every purchase, 100% of the proceeds from each t-shirt purchase, excuse me, is going to our free mental health campaign. You can also donate directly 
on embracingoak.com. Again, that's embracingoak.com and you can click on the free therapy tab at the top of the page. Um, if you have, now I didn't get a whole lot of inquiries, but I have a lot of people and friends that I'm already supporting. So I'm gonna say this again. If you have an item that is encouraging or uplifting, whether it's, you know, our typical self-care items like your body scrubs and oils and things like that, t-shirts with uplifting messages, or if you plan events, please let me know. I want to share that information with my audience, okay? So you can email me. You can go directly to my website, kiaratmore.com or embracingoak.com. You can also follow us on social media and reach out to me that way as well. I've taken up enough of your time. Let's talk about coping through tough transitions with my special guest again mrs armina domingue from the candor consulting firm let's welcome her to the show welcome hello i am so excited you are like the mover and shaker in this thing and you know i'm just proud to be among greatness today so congratulations and endeavors oh. and offering free mental health services while your services are not free but you have found a way to carve that in what an amazing give back to the community so i'm trying girl <laughs> i'm trying <laughs> you know being in this field it's it, you know I, I first of all i would never take anything from the hard work that we do as mental health professionals that yeah. And I am not demeaning that in any way, because guess what? The therapists that are working at Embracing Oak and they are providing these services, they are still getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> that part is not free. Yeah. But I just, you know, knowing um, and experiencing that, I've been a therapist now. This is, I think I just came up on, or I think August makes eight years for me. Uh -huh. And so... I've seen, you know, a lot of different people, a lot of different financial backgrounds and especially with the pandemic, you know, people losing jobs and starting new jobs and having to leave careers that they've been in for so long and mm -hmm. finding a new employment and insurance costing as, as much as it does if you're, you're not getting it from your employer. Like I mm -hmm. totally get the financial burden, but that doesn't negate the fact that mental health therapy is still needed. So exactly. by you know rallying up the community and and reaching out to my people, I have a wonderful, wonderful support system and mm -hmm. wonderful support from family and friends and my social media family. So I know that together mm -hmm. we can make this happen. So you know it, it it doesn't take away from the hard work, but it's it's yeah. definitely I mean to hear the relief when I send that email like. I understand you're having a tough time and you can't pay for your session this week. I spoke mm -hmm. to your therapist and they said you really need it. You know, mm -hmm. we're going to pay for your session this week or we're going to, you know, the sigh of relief, the excitement through email, all mm -hmm. of that is enough for me to say, okay, we got to keep this going. So, yes. you know, I don't want anyone to think that I'm, I'm diminishing what we do in any way, but I, we definitely need the support from the community. Well, you know what? I don't see how it even could come across as diminishing what we do because we're living in a time, and I'm sure we'll get into this as we go, but we're living in a time right now where things have shifted and changed, right? And so it's okay to afford certain things. And mm -hmm. let's not be 
the the hindrance to getting help, right? Let's not be the burden or be in the way of someone getting it. If we could be innovative and right. we could find ways to maneuver certain things so that it doesn't affect sort of sort of the business, right? Right. Then why not? Why not? Listen, I agree. You know, I as you know, you read posts that people are like, oh, well, mental health care should be free and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, it should be. We should also have universal health care, but we don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, until that happens, this yeah. is my way of giving back and making sure that we are doing that, embracing oak here, more therapeutic services, whoever, you know, that we are closing the gap because there is disparity in who gets treatment. Let's mm -hmm. just be honest. That is and true. so we're trying to do our part to make sure that those in need get what they need. And it's not, you know, let's just be honest. There are people who are good at what they what they do. And then there are people who are burnt out. And there are people who are not so good at what they do. And so I want to make sure they get quality here. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. But affordable. Right. So yeah. that's important to do. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so let's tell everyone about you. Let's talk about the Candor Consulting Firm, your baby that you launched. Let's mm -hmm. talk all about all things Candor Consulting. So what do you have going on over there? Oh, my goodness. So first of all, I am Armina, and I have been in the field. You said eight years. I was like, oh, I remember when I hit eight years. <laughs> I've been in the field going on 20 years. Wow. And my career started in New York and um, I've always worked in some kind of a community mental health because I see myself as someone who is this professional, this one who has a wealth or a plethora of knowledge to give mm -hmm. back to my community mm -hmm. and not cut corners or not be able to slight them in any sort of way. And so I've always worked in community mental health and Fast forward, the pandemic hit, and I was like, you know what? Um, yeah, I'm just gonna open up a firm. I had no clue what I was doing. I think I consulted with you once or twice on like yeah. <laughs> what it looks like. And so I ended up just opening a firm, and initially it was going to be just counseling. But then I got um, bored sitting at home, and so I said, let me get a certificate in executive coaching because then I can work with Ooh. leaders. Yeah, I've I've been a director for many years. I, my last job working for someone, I was a clinical coordinator at a community-based mental health agency. And so, you know, we always feel when we're in those positions like, gosh, you know, if we could teach people what we know, mm -hmm. we probably could save a whole lot of more careers and a whole lot of more burnouts from staff. And so I jumped on the opportunity, took the, took the course, and here I am now providing a house. So I call my business, it's like a house and there's three mm -hmm. sides to the house. Okay. And the first side is counseling. So you're going to get your individual counseling, your mental health, uh, your marriage or your um, family counseling on that slot, on that side. Mm -hmm. And then there's the executive coaching and the most exciting thing that we just launched. And it's a soft launch because it's not really like out there yet, but we've launched the emotionally healthy church. And Ooh. so at some point during the podcast, maybe we can just touch on that a little bit. Oh, yes. We are providing these three different layers to people. And so as you, we at the firm have been thinking about how can we be um, kind of innovative in itself to provide 
care to anyone who calls us, regardless of whether they can pay for it or not. So we've been on certain platforms. So we're on Open Path, and I don't know if you've heard of Open Path, but it's an affordable platform where the member gets to choose their rate. And so they choose a rate between like $30 and $80. Okay. um, whatever they choose, being on that platform, we accept that. And so whenever people call me because they saw me on Psychology Today or they went on my website and I tell them the price because we don't take insurance, we're only self-pay, okay. they're okay. like, oh, your profile is so good, but I can't afford it. So like, how do I, how do I see you? Do you have a sliding scale? And so I usually send them to Open Path because okay. like you, we don't cut corners because you're going to pay $30 versus $120. You're still yeah. going to get quality care. And so so that's the firm. You know, we do. I this love thing. that. Yeah. And we have some interns that work with us. So we're not only um, we're not only teaching people coping skills and ways to manage life, but we're actually teaching people how to do this thing. So that's like, what yeah, I so, love. Super exciting. Super exciting. Yeah, thank you. One of, one of the things about Embracing Oak that I wanted to do, I wanted to make sure that, you know, helping pre-licensed therapists get their license without the stress that comes along yes. with larger agencies, right? Yes. So that was one of the goals too. So I absolutely love that. And I love, okay, so let's just jump into transitions, okay? okay. Because as a believer, right, mm-hmm. um, the transitions that we have, as people had to make, were major over this past year and a half, right? Mm-hmm. But also the church had a major transition trying to figure out how to adapt to the changes of the world now. Child, we still trying to figure it out. Still figuring it out. <laughs> I was at my church this go back in, do we stay yeah. home? Are you, you going to be virtual? Are you going to be... Yes, yes. And and how do you sanitize the sanctuary? How many people can be in the sanctuary at one time? And I was by my church this morning dropping off some diapers. Um, once a month we do, uh, the church does a um, community grab and go where Ooh. anyone in the Germantown, Philadelphia area can come grab a box of food and grab some goodies. So the goodies we're giving this month are diapers and um, care packages for children. Nice. And so the firm dropped it off today and i was talking to one of the elders and we were talking about like what is this even gonna look like when we come back together and so they're like making all this space and trying to put all these things around to keep us safe and i was like yes because i want to be safe coming back to church you know we gotta be safe i don't want that to be a hindrance of me going back into the building and so, so yes you're right the transition we didn't see this coming But here's the thing about life, and I love this about life, is that we're constantly transitioning. Mm -hmm. I was talking to my girlfriend the other day and I said, you know, even now as we're talking, there's a transition going on and it's that the sun is revolving. And so at Mm -hmm. some point, it is going to move away and the moon is now going to show, right? now. we, We don't feel it but it's happening. It is a thing. Every single day, this thing happens, but we don't feel the shifting. And some people are like, well, that's not a transition. It is because at some point during the day, your body physically gives in where it's now time to go to sleep. So the, the hours leading up to that is preparing you physically and mentally for night. So 
<laughs> so we have been going through, and that's a tiny transition, but think about when you graduated from high school and you had this yearbook. And I remember looking through my yearbook and every person who wrote in it put KIT, K-I-T. And that mm -hmm. means keep in touch. Now, because of social media, I've been able to now keep in touch with those people for, for years after graduating high school. We didn't keep in touch. Yeah. We transitioned from one part of our life to another part of our life. Mm -hmm. When we graduated kindergarten and then moved into first grade, that was a transition. And with these transitions with slight traumas because we would never see these people again in that same space. So I do believe that we have been prepared or transitions, mm -hmm. we just don't realize the transformation that happens during Come it. on, change, transition, and transformation. All yeah. of these things are happening. And, and I think that when we, I think we get stuck when we don't realize what's happening, right? Yes. We, we, we recognize that something is changing, but we're focusing on what we're losing and not where we're going, right? And, and we get stuck in this limbo. Yes. So many people are changing and transforming mm -hmm. and there's transitions happening and they're like, what in the world is going on in my life? I'm uncomfortable. I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. All of these things are different and I don't know what to do. You know, people people are realized, I've, I've gotten so many calls in the past week of people saying, I'm just not happy anymore. There's so much changing in my life and I don't know what to do. What do you say to that person? I'm like, you do know what to do. So let's think back. Cause remember the time that you experienced something very similar to this? Tell me about that time. What tools did you use to get through? And so the part about coping in the transition is remembering our past. I have this thing where if 30 days from now, it's not gonna be an issue, guarantee I'm not stressing over it. Because okay. as you go through your days, the things that were so pressing for today may not necessarily be pressing for tomorrow because then tomorrow there's something else that's going to come along. Yeah. So I have this imaginary toolbox that I give to all my clients. And I'm like, look, as we go through therapy, you're going to fill this box with tools. You're not yeah. going to pull out a hammer to take a nail out of the wall. You're not going to take a, a, a screwdriver to hit the nail in the wall. You're going to need to use the right tool right for the one. right situation. And so Oftentimes when I get the call, I'm like, well, let's open up your toolbox. What's in it? Oh, no, we're not going to use that because, you know, that wouldn't fit in this situation. And so therapy should not just be about um, talk to me about what's going on with your life. And I'm going right. to take what you say and flip it into questions and put it back at you. Now, I'm going to teach you how to manage this because the goal of therapy is never to be with me forever. We, we're right. going to be <laughs> for a short period of time. And then you got to go out there in the world and try these skills. You got to do so, what you've been working for. Yes. So when yes. you talk about like, how do we do it? It's that one is that we have to actually acknowledge where we're at. What space are we in right now? What is happening in our life that's causing us to be burnt out? That's causing us to stress out and mm -hmm. even to feel low key, yo, I can't do this no more. Right. And oftentimes we don't really say that because when we say it, then it means like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. someone's going to put me in a hospital somewhere because I'm quote unquote losing it. No, those are natural feelings that we have in the yes. inset of this transition because we're like, can I do this? Am mm -hmm. I able to take the next step forward? So we got to acknowledge the space that we're in. Absolutely. And, you know, 
it's interesting because no matter what the actual trigger or situation is that is making you feel overwhelmed or whatever you're transitioning into or transitioning from, you have these very similar patterns of behavior, right? So if you're grieving, you're gonna have very similar transitions and changes. And mm-hmm. if you're if you're going from, you know, graduating from high school and either going into college or to the workforce, like you're you're, you know, I have I have teenagers I'm working with right now, and this transition into adulthood, it's more it's more overwhelming for some than others based on your level of independence, right? Mm-hmm. And so all of these changes and transitions, they're very similar in that you have to work through and keep moving. You can't get stuck in it. And sometimes we get overwhelmed, but it's important to feel, you know, you know, we say it all the time, feel your feelings, but don't get stuck, right? Mm -hmm. Acknowledge that it's happening, but let's understand why it's happening. And let's figure out what we can do with that. Because it's not that you aren't capable. You're not feeling overwhelmed because you Mm -hmm. can't do it. You're feeling overwhelmed because maybe you need to take down, uh, take a moment and map out what, you really want to do maybe you're not hearing everyone else tell you what you should do and you're just now you know following your own voice following your Mm -hmm. you're not used to that you know so really in these changes changes and transitions really sitting down and thinking okay what is it that i actually want I, Mm -hmm. i remember a time when i was like i was super burnt out and i was like why am i even doing this like, mm. why am I doing all of this? Mm. And I really sat down with my yeah. myself in that moment and and had to acknowledge that some of the things I was doing, not because of what I mastered to be, mm-hmm. but I was really doing it because it became a, a pride thing. Yeah, okay. There were, there were these, you know, it, it went from a positively intended mindset uh-huh. to somewhere along the line, it became, I had to do this, like I had a chip on my shoulder. I had to do this to prove somebody wrong. And really it was like, honey, you ain't doing nothing but burning yourself out and they not even watching you. Yes. They don't know. Yes, yes, <laughs> adjusting, adjusting my intention around mm-hmm. what I was doing and why I was doing it allowed me to really get my life back on track. Like I started off because I wanted to do it this mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. But there comes a time where change and transition and transformation mm-hmm. comes in and says, you had a really good blueprint, but we might need to take a detour because life happened and you didn't account for life to happen in this way. Mm-hmm. So let's go back. We may not have to go back to the foundation, but we may have to go and, and change some things. And that's OK. Right. And, you know, the Deviating thing from that original plan is OK. Yeah. And what comes up for me as I'm listening to you, especially when you started talking about the teenager, is the word resilience, right? Mm -hmm. I think some of us don't recognize that word, but we recognize what it is because Mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, life happens and we can't escape that. Like we cannot, Mm -hmm. there's no cut corners, there's no underneath or overpath Mm -hmm. of, the, sh- the challenges and struggles that we're going to experience in this thing called life. But our bounce back, come mm. on, somebody, can you say <laughs> Our bounce back is um, a true telling of how we're going to yes. get through this thing. 
And for some people, we may not have all of those tools. It doesn't mean that we're bad people. It doesn't mean that we're doomed forever. It just means that we may have to pause and think about, well, what was it that got me through the last situation? Because I don't know about you, but I've been through situations. I'm like, oh my goodness, this thing is definitely going to take me out. Oh yes, this is it. And then it doesn't. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then the next thing come, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm now going to be taken out, but I don't. So just like you sitting still and kind of figuring out what are some of the tools that I've been able to use to get me from one situation that was an uncomfortable situation Mm -hmm. to the next. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes fear is somewhere in the background because Uh, I don't know what's going to happen because I have no control. Right. And so when we're struggling with trying to manage and control everything, of course, we're going to be overwhelmed. Of course, the transition transformation and the change is going to look like a big to do when really it may be very small because we have all the necessary tools to manage it. Does does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Because there are two major, major words that you mentioned, fear and control. Mm. And control, if we just take that for a moment, there are so many more things in life that we cannot control. Yes. The problem with us as people is that we focus so much on trying to change things, people, situations that we don't directly control. And the things that we are directly responsible for, those things are getting neglected. So where we're running, trying to control everybody else and everything else, our little stuff is just a hot mess. Because we're not focusing on the thing that we can directly control. And I can guarantee if there is somebody out there who is struggling with things that are out of their control, if you would redirect your focus mm-hmm. and focus on those things that you directly control, which absolutely you, what you think, what you do, how you respond, how you react, what you prepare, those yeah. are the things that you can control. Other yeah. people, life events, what people say, how they respond, their perception of you, those are things that you cannot control. But when you focus on you and you get yourself in order, you will see an extreme turnaround. Because the one thing that is true though, you may not be able to change other people, but you can change how they get to interact with you because Mm -hmm. you can't argue by yourself. So if I'm responding to you, if I'm not taking the bait, then you're not going to get the satisfaction of taking me out of character. That's you're not going to get the satisfaction of taking me off course because mm-hmm. now I've redirected my focus. And then the other thing that you mentioned is fear. And I see a lot of this with people who are, you know, they're really great at things or they're really intelligent or they have this wonderful plan. Mm-hmm. But there's something about fear that's masked in what people, they're just like, oh, I'm an overthinker. I just like to, you know, think of all the worst case scenarios just so that I'm prepared. I'm like, you're not prepared to do anything but sit still and not move the rest of your life. Because in every worst case scenario that you've tried to figure out, you have not once considered the possibility of anything positive happening. You've Mm -hmm. not once considered your success. You've Mm -hmm. not once considered the things that you could do Mm -hmm. if you took any steps of action, right? So you've Mm -hmm. thought of all the worst possible. You haven't even thought about the slightest, you know, uh, positive, the slightest Mm -hmm. area of success. And that Mm -hmm. 
is not being prepared. That oh, is yeah. Listen, that we make the clear. we make the list for the list for the list, right? Mm -hmm. And we have to go back and check the list to make sure that we have everything on the list, but then we make another list for that list. <laughs> and you know, when it comes to control, I love giving my clients an exercise that says, I want you to make a list of all the things that you cannot control. And then once they make that list, I'm like, now give yourself permission to not worry about that. Mm -hmm. Because I think oftentimes when it comes to control, we set the bar for ourselves so high that when things fall out of our control, we instantly feel as though we're letting ourselves down, we are failing, and the list can go on and on. Yeah. And so being able to give yourself permission to not worry about those things that you don't have control over gets you through some of this transition and some of the change or really even embracing it right. and accepting where you are. I love um, that. You mentioned feelings before, you know, feel it, but don't stay there too long. We need to accept the feelings, right? Mm -hmm. like, and that's okay. The feelings are natural. They're going to come. If you live on this earth long enough, you don't feel it all. Exactly. So accept those feelings and just be mindful of how you're reacting to the feelings, but accepting the feelings that it is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, the other thing that I think I wanted to mention in transitioning is really reaching out to others, right? Like we have this thing where some of us just stay in our bubble, you know, mm. and we don't, we don't want to burden anyone with our problems or we don't want to call, you know, this person or that person, because then we don't want our stuff to make it outside of the conversation. Mm -hmm. but the reality of it is connecting with friends and family when you're going through a tough time can really help ease the stress that your body experiences, yeah. eases the stress that your mind experiences, and it also boosts your mood. I mean, I don't know about you, but I have a bunch of cheerleaders in my corner that as a business owner, there are many days I'm like, I don't want an adult today. Like I don't yeah. want to do this. But if I call any one of those people, if I talk to any one of those people, I leave feeling like I can do this for another day. Mm. And that wouldn't happen if I wasn't building a community around me that right. when I need something, I can reach out to. Right. And we tend to withdraw during tough times. We need to not do that. No isolation. We need to no. be in it during the tough times because at the end of the day, these people, they're, they're our community. They're our family. They're our friends. They're people who have invested in us, even if it's from an emotional standpoint. I'm not even talking about financial. And if you don't have those people in your life, expand your network. Yes. With social media these days, there's a group for everything. I mean, there's even a commercial that tells you that there's a group for everything, right? <laughs> and so you may not necessarily have it, but you can join some of these social media groups with people who are like-minded like you, people who are going through stuff like you are and use them as your support network. Absolutely. You know, you, you mentioned... Um, community and not isolating. But let's think about this past year and a half, right? So the pandemic started, at least in, Del in Delaware, we shut down in March, right? Mm -hmm. yep. And so we're talking about a serious time of uncertainty, isolating from our family and friends. Mm -hmm. And I'm finding that a lot of people now are having and experiencing a lot of anxiety 
going back into the world, right? Um, I, I, <laughs> I had a teenager yesterday who, you know, has been matter, very matter of fact about everything being fine. They're fine. They're fine. They're fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. I'm sure you're fine. And I know you don't want to talk about school, but let me just ask you this one question. How mm -hmm. do you feel about school being in person next year? Oh, guess what? She wasn't fine anymore. She wasn't fine. Nope. <laughs> it went from I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine to I, I can't do it, I can't do it, I'm gonna have the panic out on first day, you know? And so I'm like, wait, 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 what? Like, that's not the answer I was expecting because you've been telling me for weeks you're fine. So yeah. you're not fine because there's some anxiety about this. So, so people, you know, kids going back into school, you know, just adjusting to, you know, community spaces, especially people who are at a higher risk, right? So mm -hmm. how do we encourage people to manage that transition of they've been isolated for so long? And of course, maybe they didn't like it, but then they be, they've become accustomed to it. They've grown used to not mm -hmm. being in large social, social settings. So how do we help with people who are struggling with that anxiety? So the the um, simplest answer I can give, because that's a boatloaded question, but the <laughs> simplest answer that I can give is I'm going to I'm going to talk about it as the beach. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, a few Memorial Day weekend, my family and I decided to go to the beach and I could not wait to get to the beach because I just needed to be in that water. I just needed to be on the sand and, and yes, just in that element. Right. So we got to the beach and I ran to the, to the water and that water was brick ice cold. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'm just gonna go hang out for a little bit, maybe let the sun come out some more and then I'm gonna try the water again. And by the end, I was able to get not all the way into the water, but at least halfway into the water. Okay. And I share that experience to say, when things open up for many of us we're not going to just bombard the outdoors of the world because that is scary yeah. you know for many of us we have been enclosed for 15 months 18 months and the the days keep going so it's not like we're fully out of the pandemic right and so baby steps baby steps taking it a little bit at a time so maybe for today you might go to the park or you might sit on your step like there's little things that you and if you're in therapy you and your therapist can talk about of how to complete it all you don't want to complete it all at once right mm -hmm. because it's only going to cause you fear and it's only going to raise your anxiety level and so you don't want to do that, but right. you do want to practice some little steps. Now you may say, well, Armina, the teenager who she can't go to school, like she can't try to go to, into the building and then into a classroom because it's a summertime, things are closed. Come September, it's like full flesh, you're there the first day. Yeah. But there are different things about preparing for that first day of school. It may be the drive to school or the walk to school or hanging out in the parking lot at school. And, you know, maybe, um, having a socially distanced picnic on in a park or doing things that gets you close to the bigger picture yeah. little by little. Yeah. So taking those baby steps, right? That yeah. little that little bit of exposure at a time. Yeah. I think that is I think that is an uh you know that's a great advice. I think that 
um, you know, we have to use that mindset with pretty much anything, right? Yes. Because with change and transition as a whole, whether it's mm -hmm. transitioning back to the quote unquote normal world, whatever mm -hmm. that's gonna look like, it has to be done a little bit at a time. That's can, right. Can't expect for you know things to just change immediately. I can right. tell you one thing. I think I'm a great therapist, but your life is not gonna be magically changed after one session. These are these are changes and transitions and transformations that take time, of that course. take effort, and that take your daily cooperation yes. <laughs> and your input, right? And so coping through changes and transformations and, tra and transitions, the responsibility, while it's on you, right? And mm -hmm. that can be a bit overwhelming, that puts things back into your area of control. What can I do to help assist myself in this this change? What can I do to change my mindset to be a positive one today? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I wasn't so positive yesterday, but if you wake up today, you have that control to change your mindset today. So it's, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and the other thing about it too is, remember when I was talking about um, including others, like being around others? Yes. The, the other part of that is asking questions. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I'm reminded of like offices being open and it's expected that people come back into the office space to work. Well, have you had a conversation with your director, your manager about like, what are the possibilities that I do hybrid? Or maybe I'm not coming in, you know, five days a week. Maybe I can come in two days a week and work from home for three days a week. And so there's so many things that are out there, but we just, we don't ask the right questions or we don't right. ask questions, period. So we don't get those answers. So or even what, what precautions are going to be put in place, right. you know, right. like, it, and I think that's super important. Ask questions and ask for help. One of the, one of the worst things, and you mentioned it already, one of the worst things we can do is isolate when we are in these uh, changes and transformations because the people around you, they may or may not know that you're going through this change and transformation. And if they do, they want to support you through it. But if they don't, they're not going to know what and how to do. And they may not understand the change and transformation. Anytime mm -hmm. someone comes to see me, and they're in a relationship or they're you know have a, they have a they're living with a partner or a parent you know if they're an adult child and they're still living with their parents i say does your significant other or does that family member know that mm -hmm. you are in therapy or know that you want to make a change in your life because right. you're going to start the change and that change and transformation is going to involve them or affect them in some way. Exactly. Whether it's a healthy boundary or yeah. it's maybe cutting off some relationships. Yes. And so it's important to communicate. I'm going through this change. I always think that it's hilarious when people mm -hmm. come to me and they're like, well, my mom doesn't really like you and she doesn't want you to be my therapist anymore because she said you're changing. No, she said I'm changing and you're making me change. And I'm like, well, isn't that, isn't that what you're paying me to do? Like, right. aren't you paying me so that you can change your life? Well, <laughs> unfortunately, if she wasn't so toxic, she wouldn't be amongst the changes that were making. But that's Oh my gosh, that reminds that reminds me of the treatment season four. If you haven't seen it, you gotta check it out. It's it's I, great. I said I was gonna start watching it. I've heard that there's so many great things. 
than that. So I said I'm gonna start watching yeah. it. Maybe I'll start that this weekend. But this change, right? It it it's important to let people know. I don't want to do better in certain areas of my life. And 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 you don't got to go into a lot of detail, but if you're letting them know that you want to make positive changes or if you're letting them know that you're not feeling so great and it and it may be coming out in your behavior towards them and you're going to work on it, that mm-hmm. communication can save so many relationships. That's right? true. And, yep. and it can save you from feeling isolated in the process. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I will tell you, um, the Emotionally Healthy Church program birthed around things opening up in this mm-hmm. pandemic and people having high anxieties about going back. And so um, I was asking a few pastors, like, how are you checking the pulse of your members? Like, do you know if your members want to come back? Do you know, and not just your board members or you know your leaders in the church, I'm talking about the person who comes to church sporadically all the way to the person who comes to church faithfully every week. Have you checked their pulse? And so we've mm-hmm. been working with um, a group called the Barner Group, and we are using their assessment. And they actually have assessment called People Pulse, where it asks um, about 10 questions of like where people are in this space right now. And are you ready to go to church? What are the things that you would be willing to see if you went back into a space? And wow. so we're having congregations complete this assessment and we're giving the results back over to the pastor so that one, it's gonna help them with creating sermon topics and two, it's gonna help them see where their members really are. And three, also when you're when you're creating um, ministries and programs, I mean, I'm a ministry leader at my church and sometimes I'm just like going like this and picking a, ministry, a, a program <laughs> to put on. But if I have actually concrete evidence of what the people need, then I can build programming around that. And so um, so it's a, it's a great program that we're offering. And a lot like of the pastors are interested because it takes the shift off of them having to not only be responsible for their, their church members' spiritual growth, but now they don't have to also be responsible for their mental health either. And so, um, so we're partnering with churches in the areas to just really do this thing and teach them how to be emotionally healthy. We are not healers. I I put that out there all the time. I'm not going to heal anyone, but I'm going to give you the tools to live a balanced life. If you can live a balanced life, then you can withstand the transitions, the changes and the transformations that come your way. You know, I have to, I have to, this is the second time I've done this and I don't really like that too much, but I have to give my husband some credit on this episode because this ties in so well to a conversation we've been having really over the past couple of weeks and, and, and dealing with the changes and transformations in the church and, and, you know, him growing up in a different type of church setting and me growing up in the setting that I've been in my entire life and he, he, so he has a marketing background and he's like, I knew from day one why we're not reaching the span of people that we could reach because mm-hmm. we're not doing the things that are meeting the needs, right? We're not meeting yes. the needs out we're there. We're not speaking to their pain points. It doesn't just apply to the therapy room. It applies to every single thing. And you, and I, I when I pitch this to pastors, I say, do you worry or wonder why there's this member on your board or on the leadership team or even in your congregation that when they come, you run the other way. Do you mm-hmm. really wonder why that is? And it's because they're 
unhealthy emotionally. They're just all over the place. And it's not, it's not just a church. We come into adulthood. We Mm -hmm. come into life with our child experiences. And I say this all the time. Like if you, if we don't go back and get that six year old that's stuck on the mama's porch, that's been sitting there for hours, all of this that we're doing is never going to matter. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, being able to meet people where they are, where they're at. And I agree with your husband, we got to speak to people's pain points because mm-hmm. if, if, if I'm not, if I'm watching TV and the way I watch TV, it's on and I'm doing everything else. And let me hear a buzzword that speaks to me. Everything stops. And now you have my attention, right? Mm-hmm. That's the same thing with church and trying to get back into it and trying to reach those who we've lost. We were losing members before the pandemic. Right. Now? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think now there the need is greater. Yes. You know, the the need is greater and and listen, there are I, I'm not sure what what your clients are sharing with you, but there are people who have who went in the pandemic feeling on top of the world, feeling like they had their lives together. And that time of isolation made them look at themselves in a way that they hadn't before. And they're not feeling so strong anymore. They're not feeling like they have it all together together because some, some Mm -hmm. that time allowed us to have a light shine in on areas of improvement. Right. And, And it's now that time if you didn't do it then, you certainly need to do it, do it now where we are making those improvements and working on them. And mm-hmm. so the need is definitely going to be different. And listen, preach the word by all means. But there are other needs that we are ha- going to be called to meet. You know, listen, and in, order, in order to get to their soul, we got to get these mm-hmm. other needs. My pastor put this thing out that there was a need for the church to donate canned goods. And we did. And some of us who didn't have the canned goods or didn't get to the store, we gave gift cards. And so now once a month, the church has so much that we're giving this back to the community. So when we come back into the space, we have to be innovative with what we're gonna do now. Church, the way it used to be before, is not gonna be that way. Look, I sing on the praise team and I was told I have my own mic. Since when you get your own mic? <laughs> I mean, you, listen, you'd be lucky if you don't have to share a mic unless it's just like major, you know, has a lot of money and can afford mics for every person. But mics go out all the time. And so sometimes it worked last night or last week. This week it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is when we talk about safety, there are things that are going to be put in place that we never even dreamed would have been put in place before. So, yes, we could take um, a look at all of this and think in as the glass is half empty, or we can look at all of this and think the glass is half full. There is some goodness that's come out of this for every one of us. It hasn't all been bad. No. And so how do we take the good things, add it to our toolbox, become resilient with it and rock with the change, rock with the transition? And the um, thing that I love about change and transition and resilience, when you tie it all together, when you show yourself what you're able to do, mm-hmm. although when that next transition comes, you might feel, you know, anxious or 
or a bit worried about how you're going to make it through, you right. now have evidence to show how strong you are, to evidence to show how resilient you are. And you can look at yourself and say, you know what, if I got through that, yes. oh, I can get through this. Yes. And so when you're going, if you're out there and you're going through a tough change or transition in life or the pandemic has, has you know, changed your life drastically, whether through grief or a change of career, listen, if you made it through the past, mm -hmm. however many months of this pandemic, you can get through anything that life throws you moving forward because you are strong and resilient and you have a community of people out there who yeah. are willing and waiting to offer the assistance that you may need. If it's the, you know, weekly therapy, if it's, um, you know, being honest and vulnerable with your family and friends, people are out there. Yep. And, and there are platforms out there that will help you anytime you need it. And yeah. so you don't have to go through this alone, but yeah. you will prove to yourself that you can get through it. That's I right. I appreciate you being here today and accommodating all the time changes oh, and everything that's going on. Uh, I mean, this has been absolutely wonderful. Uh, any last words that you would like to share on coping through um, tough transitions? Um, you've talked about it, but I just want to put the plug in, invest in self-care, whether uh, you are getting oh. exercise, whether you're using some mind and body relaxation or mindfulness techniques, um, improve your sleep. That's going to help uh. you get through the tough time. Eat well. You know, we all got the COVID weight on, but... Let's try to do what we can to eat better or eat healthier mm -hmm. um, and look for meanings and purpose in life because they do yes. exist. Yes. And so stay motivated. That's all I got for you. Stay motivated. I, absolutely. You know, I love all things self-care and it is extremely important to do the physical piece of that because when you are going through emotionally, if you're having any type of mental you know, uh, stress, right? Mm -hmm. The physical body and your emotional body that they they're intertwined, right? Yeah. And so mm -hmm. if you are going through a situation and emotionally it has you feeling down, you can improve your daily experience by focusing on what you can control, which is your right. physical body, right? Yes. So I might not be able to deal with the situation or change the situation right now, but mm -hmm. I do know that if I sleep well, if I eat well, if I stay hydrated, if I get sunlight, if I exercise, mm -hmm. my physical body will allow me to to feel a way that I can focus on the emotional piece, right? I tell people all the time, if you feel like crap and you eat like crap, that's a whole lot of crap, okay? <laughs> so you have to find yes. a way to make yourself feel better. And you know what? Who likes to exercise, right? But I can guarantee you that afterwards, that boost of endorphins and dopamine, that is going to make you feel so much better and, and you can start where you are a walk to the mailbox a walk down the block and back that little bit will do your body wonder so absolutely absolutely take care of the physical when you, you feel like the emotional is a little bit harder to do right 
Yeah. The the last thing too is, and this has been my mantra forever, is just be kind to yourself. I think mm. sometimes we're so hard on ourselves and we criticize ourselves so rough, you know, mm. and it's okay. We're all in this together. Yes, we're all at different levels in this. And yes, we all cope differently with it. But if you're hearing the voices, we are all in this together. So relax a little bit. Don't be so hard on yourself. Appreciate yourself for the efforts that you've made so far. Yes. Celebrate the small victories and just yes. you know, be kind to yourself. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. I love it so much. So much. Everything you said today was wonderful. I appreciate you being a guest oh, here today. Thanks um, for having me. Oh, absolutely. This wraps up the first season of Self Care Sound Mind, the podcast and last season. Yeah. And what better way to end it with um, all of these wonderful words of wisdom. So I am super excited um, mm -hmm. about all that you shared today. And yeah. I cannot wait until the next season. So I want to just say thank you again for You're joining welcome. us. I appreciate you and continue to do well. Tell everyone how they can follow you, how they can find you if they want to uh let their their pastor know or they want to use you guys for counseling how can they find you yep um the easiest place to find us is on the world wide web at www.candorconsultingfirm.com at the top of the banner you're going to see the emotionally healthy church if you click on that that's how we can start this conversation about what your needs are we're also on instagram it's Mrs. Doming. And on Facebook, we're Candor Consultant Firm on Facebook. And so yeah. I'm just excited to be on your platform. Again, thank you so much for the opportunity um, to really talk through some of the challenges and transitions that we've been having. Absolutely. Thank you so much and enjoy your Friday. Yes, you too. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you. <laughs> All Bye. right. Take care. Bye. Wasn't that amazing? I am super excited that we were able to end the first season of the podcast with a bang. Be sure, be sure, be sure to look out for our newest season coming out in September. I am super excited for the content and I am super, super, super happy with the first season and how much you all supported and um, all the feedback that you've given. Don't forget to uh, send me a message if you want your self-care item to be um, shared for the self-care item of the of the podcast. Um, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Kiera Moore Therapeutic Services, as well as Embracing Oak Therapy. Um, don't forget to purchase your shirt with a purpose. All proceeds from the Tender Loving Self-Care shirt will be donated directly to the Free Mental Health Campaign. And I cannot wait to see you for the next episode. Here's what, uh, here's some more information um, and some self-care tips. And I will see you all in September. <music>